Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, July 11th. It is episode 145. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis. Oh, we got stuff. There's stuff. Stuff happened. Stuff actually happened. There's not only a new pinball. There's two new pinballs. Who would ever expect? There's a new gaming console. Sure. Why not? And... There are a bunch of new video game announcements. So that's true. There's been there's been a lot, but what we start with isn't all of that, but our introductions. And that's been what's happening. Yeah. So what's up? Work's busy. Home is busy. Final Fantasy 14 still fun for me. So there we go. That's my that that's it. That that's literally I have been working probably 10 plus hour days. Mm consistently which isn't that big of a change for me i normally work like 10 hour days because i'll kind of a workaholic according to you know people who know me like my boss my wife you know pretty much everyone else um i had to go in and get some dental work done that was great fun let me tell you but no it's it's been pretty okay Hmm. well i've been it's not as busy post my mid-year meeting, just sort, sorting through some of that, have a couple of agreements, um, trying to execute new contracts. Still, some of that stuff's pending before I can start like trying to find a new staff member and such. But I've got all my parts ready to go, trying to clean up on the last bit of an audit. Just trying to have uh, The audit actually happened in June, but we're trying to get the final report out by July. So I finally heard back from the auditors, had a few adjustments to think new things I had guessed at that I didn't guess at right. <laughs> so it's like, you shouldn't do it like this. You should do it like this. It's it it's it makes more sense. I'm like, okay, just teach me what to do and I'll do it. So I've been working on that and uh I've made very little Gears 5 progress. Like I haven't played it this week. I played it last week though. So I've made some more progress. I got through one of the open areas on that. And then uh over on the the wristwatch hobby side, I've been really busy this last week because that you know there's a what is it with hobbies and drama there always has to be drama. there has to be drama and like like the moth to the flame i had to fly into the flame <laughs> uh and so i did a video on one of those you do doing one of those analytical style approaches on hey look here's an entity that seems to be struggling here's where i think they've made their mistakes kind of like what we have done right you did ago. an analytical reaction video. Yeah, yeah. And uh and so that that got a lot of a lot more attention than I even thought it would. I mean, it it was for the clicks, but yeah. Holy cow. I mean, I'm used to pinball where people think like having two to three thousand is something special. Right. And this is like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, at least it's not two to three thousand comments, because I don't think I could reply to that many. Uh, so anyway, but that's been, so that's been keeping me busy to keep track of all of that and, you know, try and be polite and respond to everyone reaching out. But that does not mean I have ignored the hobbies that we cover on this show. Yes. Podcast. Despite the fact that I only put three bullets in for pinball because I was like, no, we were going to use sources. We're going to use sources. So that's, that's what we're going to go ahead and transition into. And for pinball, we are going to talk about one thing. Well, two things, but they're really one thing. It's all a matter of perspective. And my perspective is Spooky Pinball has launched one new game with two different names. Halloween and Ultraman Kaiju Rumble. 
Now, This Week in Pinball does have separate deep dive articles on both of those. And I have links in our show notes to both of those articles so that people can go look at the pictures, see what the rule concepts are, and explore all of the details to their heart's content. So what we would normally do is what we will do yet again, and that is we're going to have a bit of a discussion on this. Now, as I noted, even though the game names are different, basically it's the same game in that the layout is identical for both of these games. I see for both of these listings that the rules design are the same rules people. So I'm guessing they're going to keep the same modes, uh, but I give them different names. The uh, So just uh, real quick, the game design on both of these is listed uh, as under a pseudonym of Chorus Barloff. <sighs> Um, my understanding from other interviews is that these games were designed by committee so I don't know if there is one lead designer you'd think usually there'd be someone who'd be credited as lead but that doesn't always have to happen that way Uh, the game animations vary depending on which game we're talking about so on Halloween it's Ryan Palicki I'm probably mispronouncing that and I apologize and then for Ultraman it's listed as, as David Fosma uh, David Van Ness and Matt Frank working on the animations. The uh, uh, Fosma is code on both of these. I believe he did Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. So give you some context. He's also on rules for both of these along with Bug Emery. Bug is uh, Charlie's son. So they're doing our rules. And since it's listed for both, that's why I'm assuming that the rules are probably going to be the same. Just, you know, thematically, they're going to be adjusted. That's right. what I guess. Uh, artwork, unsurprisingly, is different. Uh, the Halloween games art is done by Jason uh, Edmiston, uh, who I believe is is fairly well known uh, for having done Halloween art before uh, in artistic circles. And then Matt Frank did the art for the Ultraman game. And then uh, Spooky Luke did uh, did the engineering for both of the games, and the uh, everything else is is identical. Essentially, as well, other than I think the, whoever handled the licensing. So Matt uh, Reister did sculpts for both of the games. Uh, Matt Montgomery did the music for both of the games, and so forth. So those are the those are the main leads uh, in terms of the people involved on the game. Uh, both of these games have gone three tier in terms of the of the options that you can choose, and this is a first for Spooky. Spooky's for quite a while done a two tier model. Where they used to historically, you know, going back to like the Rom Zombie days and stuff, like have an LE version and a regular version. And then with Rick and Morty, there was the Blood Suckers edition. Right. And there was a standard edition. Now there's a standard edition, a Blood Sucker edition, and a collector's edition. Uh, for both of the games, all of these on the pricing tier and the setup are the same. The standard edition is a $7,000 package, requires a $1,000 initial payment, and will be the last games built in the run. Bloodsuckers edition is the middle model. That's an $8,000 game. It's built second, requires a $1,500 initial deposit. And then the collector's edition is $9,000, $2,000 initial deposit, and those games will be the ones that are built first. The run sizes are different for the two titles. The Halloween game is $1,250. Yep. And Ultraman is $500. 
They have not broken out how many per edition. So it's all together. There'll be 1,250 Halloweens. However, the orders have gone, determined how many collectors there will be. You, in theory, could have 1,250 collectors, for example. Now, my understanding is that Spooky was, I believe, and I don't know this for sure. My understanding from reading online was Spooky was handling direct sales for half of the counts. So they had 250 of the Ultramans, and they had... I didn't do the math of the 1250. I almost said 750, but I realized 625. that. 625. Yeah, 625. There we go. 625. So, uh, so they did the, uh, they did the, I think 50% of both of the runs and then distributors are getting the other set. But I believe Spooky sold out in the first day of their share. Right. And given the distributors are handling the other aspect, I don't think there was a reasonable way for them to immediately know if those were all sold out or not. Uh, so those are the initial initial basics. Uh, I don't know if you want us to look at a particular one of these first, Tony, or I mean, again, because the layout. Do the, the same. same. That's the thing is, I've been and I've said on this show multiple times in the past. This is the type of thing I think we should see more of. Just changing the artwork on machines like they did back in, you know, the 60s and 70s to put out a machine with the same rules, same layout, but different, a different art package, a different theme just to pick up. I think it's a good thing for them. Let's them keep one thing on the line with minor changes overall that lets them keep most of the work the same, lets them push a little bit more. I, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me at all because there are plenty of games out there that. I like the game, but I think the theme belongs in the crapper. And if I had the option to pick it up as a different theme that I might like better, would be a plus. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And the only thing that really uh, I don't disagree in the sense of I the with spooky and their inclination for more niche style mm-hmm. uh, licenses. This sort of approach makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. The thing that surprises me, actually, is that they did it with Halloween. Like, Halloween, and they're doing a 1,250, which is way more than they have built of any game before. Like, Rick and Morty is their current lead with 750 units, I believe. Yeah. So, 1,250 there. And then, I understand identifying Ultraman as the more niche of the titles. I just think it's kind of interesting that you're doing such a large run of Halloween, and you still decided that you wanted to do Ultraman and... Here we are, and we're using the Halloween layout. Uh, but I guess if you're getting ready to build that layout, do it all at once. So right. I get it from like a functional standpoint. I just thought it might have been more interesting to say, instead of doing this, you know, 1,750 total, what if it was three licenses and they were all like 500? So you got a 1,500 run of, of Ultraman, Killer Clowns for Outer Space, and Halloween 3. I had to go, I had to go real obscure. Real obscure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd go, I had to go with the one that made the least amount. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, again, it's like, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I see no, I see no reason to get upset about that. I guess who would, I'm trying to think who would get upset. I suppose if you were like someone who felt compelled to buy every spooky title, you might get, start getting annoyed if your OCD compulsion to own everything by a single company meant you were basically buying the same game over and over. But that's but kind of that's you kind of probably on you. have other things you need to work through. Orders, there are orders you, you, before you get to the being angry at Spooky. Appear on orders. You so I can have judge you. personal issues that you probably need to work you through. Show in up that on case. orders so I can watch you on TV and judge you. <laughs> 
Do it. Do it. Do it. Flip it. Well, uh, let me go ahead and just using how, since it's the bigger, the bigger run, uh, for, I was actually a little surprised. Uh, online, I was seeing a lot of really positive reaction to Ultraman. And I wasn't inherently shocked at that, given that it seems like sci-fi just, even obscure sci-fi may play better than horror for a lot of people. Yeah. I know plenty of, of folks in this hobby that would not own a game like Halloween because they have young kids and they'd be worried that the game would, would scare them. It's the same uh, sort of thing that's come up with uh, with some of the other themes that have been horror-based. horror, horror based. But, uh, So walking through, and again, using This Week in Pinball's deep dive as, as my guide, uh, they note that for Halloween, all of the additions are going to have seven pinballs in them. Uh, dual in-lane lifters is a triple interactive uh, Michael Hedge toy. That's a, that's a weird thing. I kind of, I like the idea. Uh, it looks kind of weird. I think those are like a, each is a ball lock. And over on the left-hand side of the game, there is a, a hedge and then another hedge and another hedge. And there is a, <laughs> they're legless, hedging their bets. There's a legless Michael Myers that pops out of each of those. I, it's, it's simple, but clever, I think. So, uh, and there's a, it's not triple hedges, but there is a famous hedge scene in the movie that that's playing off of. Uh, which, which I like. Uh, they've got, um, stainless ramps in it. There's a drop ball or drop target ball lock on the right hand side. It's got the tombstone for Judith Myers, the sister from the uh, start of the game. The tombstone actually features in that movie. Uh, I shouldn't say start of the game. It's just the start of the movie. <laughs> uh, so that, that lock looks kind of like a mini, uh, TNA lock. It does. Uh, it's got the little cover, little plastic cover and all that. Uh, then they've got the lighted uh, jack o drop target bank. Uh, it's a three-target bank. Then this is the part where I, it's getting a little a little odd for me. So they've gone with three upper play fields in this game. One of which is the the sanitarium, which is where the movie, aside from the start when he's a kid, he breaks out of the sanitarium early in the film. You don't see a lot of it because that's actually shot in the dark. It's actually really hard to see. You see a little bit of the fencing and some of the patients who are out. Uh, so that's one play field, interactive. Then there's another upper play field near it where it is, I believe, the Myers house. Or at least it reminds me of that because it's got like a little, it's got a spinner of him as a kid and I don't know, maybe it represents any generic house. It doesn't really matter. But that, there's a flipper there. It's interactive. And then they have a third upper play field, but it's completely passive. I mean, that's what it's described as. is one passive play field where the ball is just rolling along like a ramp. Uh, yeah. It... So what do you think? Of, let's, let's pause there, Tony. So what do you think <laughs> of the idea of having a play field that you don't play on? I mean, it's not like it's the first time we've seen something where there was, where where you were somewhere and it all the only real control you had was like nudging. Yeah, but I, I my understanding is there's nothing to hit. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. Like there's not, you know, there's there's a non there are things where you might not have a flipper. Right. Half of the dead, but it's on just Lord of the rings. But there's things you want to achieve. Like I think it's is my sense was it's just decorative. Like, Could be. I, I don't I I think the whole triple upper play field thing is just we'll see how it works. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be very kind by saying we'll see how it works. I think it's a gimmick. I, I think, think it's the a complete passive one is a gimmick in order to be able to say, well, we have three upper play fields better than loss. 
But here's the thing. I don't know that I've ever played a game where a full upper play field made the game better. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I have to admit that I I have struggled with with enjoying. I suppose I've had better experiences with upper play fields than lower play fields. Right. And I'm not sure why that is the case. And like the games. Now, there are games out there that have upper play fields that I think are good. But most of them, they don't have any play field underneath the upper play field. Right. So it's just like a raised rear section, kind of like on Flash Gordon. Right. Or right. on uh, Black Knight 2000, mm-hmm. where, where you know, just the back half of the machine is up. It's not like a separate, it's not like the upper play field on Game of Thrones. And we all know that that's the worst version of Game of Thrones is the one with the upper play field. Yeah, I mean... That's and that's the thing with Game of Thrones. Like, I don't think that that upper playfield was badly executed. It's just the pro is so much more fun to play by comparison. When you know that you're sitting, you're sitting there going, "So why they make a version with an upper playfield? Right? It didn't make it better, even though you had all this ball control with the upper playfield. You, you know, there were goals. It was it was full sized. I mean, a lot about that upper playfield was done right. It's just ultimately though, it still wasn't better than just not having it. right. Which it's, is interesting. Uh, there's almost a, like an irony to it. You did all this work to create a decent upper play field, but as decent as it is, it's still not as good as just not having it. Yeah. So, it, it, so. It's like, it could be the tastiest crap sandwich in the world, but it's still a crap sandwich. So, yeah. And then they have uh, you know a bunch of stuff on the lighting and, and things along those lines. And uh, seven physical ball locks. Yeah. Which I mean, again. That's. Uh, a that's lot a, of physical ball locks. A lot of things that can go wrong. I mean, that is a lot of physical but I know ball a lot of locks. Love physical ball locks. So, and I can understand a physical ball lock is always better than a virtual ball lock. I think it feels it's, better. It's more immersive. Yeah it it feels better to me. Yeah. But at the same time, is this going to turn into with the rules where it's the the hey can I stack? all of the ball locks and then trigger them all to get just insane, stupid scoring. Is that the kind of game it's going to turn into or yeah, we'll see. Yeah. According to the, I mean, uh, uh, twip summary on the rules. Uh, this is what's there's a hedge multi ball where you lock a ball behind each of the hedges. And then once you've done that, you can start hedge multi ball and then, you have a goal to, looks like, there's a, what does it say? Reveal Michael behind each hedge by shooting the left ramp, and then shoot the Michael for the jackpots. Okay. Uh, then there's a sanitarium mode. There's a house mode. So those two play fields have modes associated with them. Then there's pumpkin modes, boogeyman mini wizard mode. And if you get through all the modes, there's the night he came home wizard mode. So... I, yeah, I'm not clear, and maybe I'd have to read through like the rules of the modes, or if I don't know if say all seven ball locks are released at like there's a if there's a seven ball multi ball, maybe with the wizard mode, who knows? Yeah, who I don't knows? know. It's just thoughts. We'll we'll see how it is. So, are you? Did you buy this? No. Did you buy Ultraman? No, but I uh, if I was gonna buy one, I would buy the Ultraman. So. But that's just because for me, Halloween isn't the 
when I watched horror shows, A, when I watched horror shows, I watched the campy horror movies. It wasn't so much about um, Halloween for me as much as it was about stuff like Critters. Oh, Critters. The, the, that's the kind of stuff. I, I, I was into the like, campy, you know, Critters, Leprechaun. That was the kind of campy, silly horror stuff that I was more uh, a fan of back then. But I, but because I have a personal love of, of just kaiju stuff in general is why I would have gone with Ultraman. Hmm. I've seen some Ultraman. I've not seen a lot of Ultraman. Uh, but just the whole kaiju portion of it would have made me go that way over Halloween. Now, if it had been like, you know, one of the Jason movies... That might have been different because I enjoyed those. But even then, my favorite of those is still the super campy. Was it what? what which one? The one where X, yeah, X, Jason X, where he's in space. Yep. And it's just like it's just pure ham. That's because half the cast is from one of those sci-fi sh- TV shows you watch. It was. It was like it, it was like half the cast from like Andromeda, Andromeda. I think it was from Andromeda. Yeah. It's like it's like they just like took time out of filming the TV show to go film Jason real quick. <laughs> yeah. And then went back to filming the tame the TV show. They probably used some of the same sets. Probably. Oh, it's just the kills were so funny. It was. It it was so great. (laughs) We love premarital sex. (laughs) (laughs) Wanna smoke some pot? (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't know what scene I'm I'm referencing, you should go see it. It is Uh, is definitely worthy if you it's so funny. Yeah, it's so campy. I mean, my, my issue was the same. That's often been the case with, with Spooky, and this was true for, for Rick and Morty. Uh, I mean, I'll say how the game plays. So there are no way I would order without... I mean, I've always had a rule with new in box that I need to try the game first, but I can't even see the game for... I mean, yeah. see it shot. I haven't seen it shot. So they open up for sales before they even let you see the gameplay. And they're and, sold out. And, and they end up being sold out. And they, uh, and they note... And I have to admit, I was very skeptical when they noted in their feature description, they described these games as having lots of flow. That I see all these ball locks and upper play fields. And I'm like, I'm not sure that word means the same thing to you that it means to me. I'm curious, too, how something with so many ball locks and so much... It seems like there's a ton of stuff to stop flow. I think you're going to be sitting waiting for the ball to get back to the flipper a lot. But maybe not. I mean, I guess all a matter, in a way, of, of perspective. It depends also how they execute. Right. Uh, I mean, they're not necessarily going from upper playfield to upper playfield could keep things moving along. So, I mean, there is that, but there's a, I'm not sure there's a lot of stuff underneath those upper playfields either. So, you know, again, right. I don't know what we've really gained. It looks very unique though. And so full credit for that because they have continued in that realm where spooky games don't look like what's coming out of the other companies. And right. So that variety alone, I think is what a lot of people are embracing. Yeah, and I do think that these machines look real good, both of them. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, there's a lot about it that visually I'm I'm really impressed with. The back glass on Halloween is I just that's a phenomenal piece of art. Yeah, I really like the back glass. I'm not as big of a fan of the playfield art, but no. Uh, but full credit, uh, at least from some the photos on Twip. Uh, I think Halloween is the orangest game I've ever seen. It it is, which makes sense. And 
I actually overall like the art of the playfield a lot more on Ultraman. Yeah, the playfield art on Ultraman is better. Uh, I think the the back glass art is better on uh, Halloween. The side art, I think, is kind of a push. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I I, I do like the uh, uh, the collector's edition on the Ultraman has the uh, speaker. The speaker grills that oh, look that like the me, Ultraman yeah. head. It's so awesome. That's just so good. That's just one of those little things that just jumps out. It's like, oh, that's so good. I also kind of like the... I think they've got different kaijus for what is the hedge pop out on the Ultraman, which feels a little better than here's Michael upon Michael upon Michael with a triple triple hedge, even though the hedges are super iconic. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't tell from the pictures if they're different or not. Maybe they're not. Maybe I'm. It looks like they might be the nope, same. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I think I saw one popped out and one not, and so I wasn't thinking about that. I was looking at one horizontal. Yeah. Never mind then. Yeah. Uh, they lost it. It's it, all over. It, it's they, all they over. They lost it. It's uh that the hedges win for iconic, not generic building. So. The uh, but I'm not sure. My my guess is that the playfield was developed with Halloween in mind, and then right. Ultraman just got what it got. Which is understandable. And I think that's a safe bet given Ultraman's a five hundred unit run and Halloween's the twelve hundred fifty unit run. Right. The the I don't I don't know about the about the, the, the knife handle shooter rod on Halloween. It doesn't look comfortable. I don't I you, I have a big problem with a lot of shooter rods. I do like the uh collector's edition topper for Halloween a lot better than the Ultraman one. The the knife yeah. moving is just so iconic. It is. Uh, and it didn't cost an additional forty three thousand dollars. Right. Yes. So, yeah. But if you will go on eBay when people part out their collector's edition. Right. It will. It will be it'll be super exciting. Well, that's it for Pinball Tony. So speaking of super exciting, I, I want you so to tell much us excitement. about Nintendo. There has been we discussed before E3. The suspected, all the rumors were this Switch Pro was imminent. Not just imminent, that it was almost certainly going to be announced before E3. Yeah. And that E3 would have all these games that were going to be for the new Switch Pro. That obviously didn't happen in terms of an announcement, and we also didn't hear about any Switch Pro exclusive games. But there is news on the console front. There is. The Nintendo Switch Pro doesn't exist. It's not real. They are putting out a new Nintendo Switch. They're putting out a new console. Then what are you talking? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. It's not the Pro. It is a a general uh, update. Call it a Mark II, if you would. A Mark II. To the regular Switch. Uh, It's the, the Nintendo Switch OLED. And that's because they're replacing the old LCD screen with an OLED screen. The screen's going to be slightly bigger. Okay. Uh, it will look better because OLED just looks oh, better. Everyone loves OLED. But the resolutions are the same. Docked and undocked. The 4K, actual guts of... 4K? Doesn't exist. Because no. the actual guts of the machine are the exact same. Same guts? The, uh, the, the big changes are the, the, new, the OLED screen, which is slightly bigger. It's seven inches. Um, they have improved the audio. Um, 
They have revised the dock. They've gotten rid of one of the USB ports internally and replaced it with a LAN port. So you don't have to get this weird USB to LAN adapter to hardline your, your dock into the internet. Yeah. And you don't have to use wireless if you don't want to. Uh, they've, they've doubled the storage, uh, in the system itself from the original 32 gigabit to 64 gig. So yay. But I mean, it takes a, you can put a, chip in it to uh, i think most people i know have to have those yeah you gotta have an sd card in it if you want to have anything decent i mean we that's the first thing we did was get sd cards for my wife's switch and both kids switches because i don't own a switch uh the biggest improvement though and probably the greatest reason to get one is it has a new kickstand the old i heard about this kickstand yeah the old kickstand was basically like on one side of the switch. It wasn't even in the middle and it was flimsy. And I think we've broken all three of ours <laughs> at one point or another because we've got replacement kickstands uh, for ours because they break so easy and they don't really hold it up very well. But the new one goes the entire length of the main body and it's adjustable. It will lock into different positions so you can put it in different positions. And it's just a massive improvement overall for people who play mobile and handheld. Uh, uh, it's coming in a white and black color scheme for those uh, people who have to have everything being that crisp white uh, a look that has become so popular for some reason lately. Uh, it starts going on sale on October 8th with an MSRP of $349.99. That's $50 more than the original version is currently selling for and like 100 and some odd more than the light version, which is the one that you can't dock. It's just a portable right, right. is selling for. And honestly, after October 8th, I think if you don't buy the OLED, you're just making a mistake because that $50 is worth it between the sound, the screen, and especially the kickstand, it's worth it. If you ever plan on carrying it and using it portable. So mm. that's where we're at. I think my 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 best my my favorite coverage of this was the um Penny Arcade comic, put out a comic where someone was in the kitchen baking and two other people are standing outside. Oh, they're baking. What do you think they're baking? I don't know. I think they're making German chocolate cake and, and all. Oh, I love German chocolate cake. German chocolate cake is so great. And the person comes up, who wants cookies? I don't want you dang cookies. I want a German chocolate cake. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but I was, yeah, yeah. It's it, 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 what it was because the rumors were uh, ever present. They were, I mean, they were everywhere, but. I think what we ended up with makes sense from the way Nintendo tends to handle things more uh, conservatively uh, when it comes to upgrades. So I'm not surprised. And I, I think it'll be good for people who don't have a Switch yet. It's definitely not something to go and replace your Switch unless you have to replace your Switch with, though. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Summer Games Done Quick ran. Yeah, I've been watch- I was watching and, that. And, and it's over. And I watched, like, almost none of it. Because, you know, Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, because you hate and, games. And I, I hate games and all the other stuff. I also like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, but what I did watch was enjoyable. They raised over $2,890,000. Mm. This one was uh, like Awesome Games Done Quick. It was fully 
remote. Yeah, I think they had some of the the hosts together, right? The, the staff, the staff stuff, but they didn't have they didn't have the, yeah, the normal. Were, they didn't have the all the gamers. There's no yeah crowd, or, no crowd, none of. I, and I I can see the bonuses to doing it this way. I I'd kind of like to see a hybrid in the future when they start going back because I kind of like having the crowd there also. But I can see where it'd be a mix of having some people in location and some people uh, remote. Because it lets you bring in... There's a lot of good people out there who just can't afford to yeah, go. Yeah, the bringing in people has always been a struggle for them, especially internationally. Right. So I think it'd be good to see it go to a more hybrid in the future because just because I miss some of the, 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 the joyful stuff you get from having crowds there. Um, I've heard that... What was the name of the game? Uh, the one I was I, that I didn't see that was most recommended to me to go see was a golf game, mm. or to go watch a golf stream. It was like going golf or golfing. I saw or, a, a really good uh, rhythm game where this guy's playing a washing machine. Hmm. It's like an arcade. It's some arcade game. It looks like a washing machine, and he. It was really interesting. Interesting. Where yeah. there's you're like hitting all these parts around the washing machine. I think it does close too. <laughs> that's how you, that's how you get to do close. Yeah, I heard there was a blindfolded Mario run. I did, yep, that was uh there was a seventy star Mario sixty four last night, and I watched that. Uh, and yeah, he he got all this. He got all seventy stars. He's working on getting all one twenty. He's got ten more to master. Apparently, that's a twelve hour run though. So wow. <laughs> so. Well, that was one thing I heard is they did a lot. They didn't do any of the big runs like they normally have. It was lots of like three hour runs or under. Yeah, yeah. I did not. I mean, they ended. I didn't watch. They ended with like Kingdom Hearts two, and that was just like three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That was kind of at the upper end. Back in the day, they used to often end with an RPG that was like six or seven hours. Well, and then I remember they went for a while where they started. They time it so they'd run like a six to ten hour RPG. Uh, that would start around midnight. Yeah, they'd often get through the night with something, and and maybe that makes more sense in person. Yeah, because you get a couple people who coming in and out during the course right, of the run. Right, it's less people to bring in. Uh, to I mean, I remember seeing some where there'd be someone who'd be like, "Hey, I'm playing the the Chester Cheetah uh, Cheeto game," and he's like at four thirty a.m. Because <laughs> right, because no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> and it's well, like if you're going to be there, sure, but you don't want to bring someone in where. There's not going to be much in the way of donation or audience to witness it. Yeah, because I, I remember staying up late watching a uh, uh, Final Fantasy IX speedrun where I fell asleep like halfway through the game. And then I woke up and the game, they were they were like getting to the end. So I was like, hey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> overall, I would just say it seemed like, um, and this and maybe just be my, more my tastes, usually primetime has... All the really good games. It didn't right. seem like every primetime did to me this time. Like some of them seemed more meh, but maybe they were just genres that I was now on. Most of the nights it was okay. As long as they didn't have too many of the weird hack game ROM things. Yeah, thankfully I didn't want, I didn't see any Tazbot. I don't even know if it was there or not. I don't care. I'm I, not a fan. I think it's stupid. I I have no interest in watching people use machines to break games. Yeah. Well, I, the the uh the 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 glitched Pokemon Blue Run where you, <laughs> uh, but good for them. I like the I like the summer game. All the games done quick. Are they're enjoyable? So 
there was a big video game auction and sealed copy of the original Legend of Zelda for NES from the second production run made in late uh, 1987 uh, was sold at auction for $870,000. Wow. Uh, it's from a, it's from the smaller second production run late in 87. The, the, there was a different version that was run in early 88 and later on with a different slightly adjustments to the box and stuff of the third production run and beyond. Uh, apparently from one of the articles I read on it, there is supposed to be a single sealed unopened version from the first production run. But it sounds like it belongs to a company. Hmm. Uh, the The article I read said they've heard of it existing, but they've not actually seen it. Okay. And they don't expect it to ever go for sale. Hmm. So, that to me, that reads that it belongs to a company or something like that. Yeah, I guess. guess it's that- just weird to me that there's there are sealed, unopened copies of games from the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We we did start to collect stuff around then, so I guess it's sort of conceivable that someone might buy something and think, hey, this will be worth something someday. It's I don't a, know. It was different, though. Yeah, that, that's just weird. It's like those people who refuse to open up. They'll, they'll buy Funkos, but they don't ever open the yeah. boxes. And they put the boxes in bigger yeah. shield protective boxes. A box within a box. Because you've got to protect the boxes because they might be worth They're Funkos. They're not going to ever be worth anything. They're, it's like all the people who are collecting Beanie Babies for their <gasps> retirement. My beanie Babies. Leave them alone. <sighs> yeah. When you try and force it, it doesn't actually happen. So, uh, the last big thing we have in video games is Sony ran a state of play uh, on the 8th. Um, This was basically their follow-up since they weren't at E3. Right. right. And what was interesting is they announced beforehand that uh, there were not going to be any of the big-name franchise titles in this thing. Oh, okay. I didn't see this. Yeah. Uh, So, there were no big-name franchise titles. There's nothing about event. Or about Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, or any of the big tentpole games. I'm they charted? just weren't there. Nope, none of the big tentpole games. So I'm just going to go through the highlights, the stuff that I thought looked kind of interesting. Um, there was Arcade Geddon, which is a very cartoony hero shooter. Uh, it feels like Splatoon. Okay, it's got that kind of art style and that kind of feel. Uh, it's in early access right now, and I'm not sure what that means on PlayStation systems, but it's not slated for a full release until next year. Um, Tribes of Midgard is a 10-player action RPG. It's an isometric hack and slash. It's okay. Diablo. Very Norse religion-based. Um, it's got the season-based gameplay where the seasons have storylines. Uh, there's gonna be eight different classes in season one. The classes synergize together. It's okay. It looks cool. That sounds like it could turn out well. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes. It is available on, or it will be available on Steam when it launches. It launches on the 27th. Of you'll July. be able to know then. I'll be able. But now to, you'll be too busy. I'll be playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, Final Fantasy is life now. There is no other mm-hmm. games. There are there. The, 
I got. Conan, I, I could be. What is best in life? <laughs> to take the Final Fantasy <laughs> and to play in to the ruination of my enemies <laughs> and hear their lamentations of their women. I would love to see a new Conan movie with Arnold as old man Conan. You know, it would make a lot of sense because they show there's a lot of stuff from it that suggests he became an old king. Yes. I I would love it. It would be so much fun. I I mean that would fall into that campy movie thing. But that's not video game related. I just that's just it's but just, it was important ah, to mention. It was important to mention because it just feels like it'd be so cool. Uh uh <laughs> there's fist <laughs> It's literally F period I period S period T period. I don't write down the subtitle because it doesn't matter. It's furry space marines. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's a side-scrolling grim, dark furries in power armor. (laughs) The main character is literally a bunny in power armor. Mm. So, uh, sure. Why not? The Brotherhood of Cottontail. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Furry in space tactics. I mean, it's just, but it's fine. It's cool. I mean, the art looked all right. Of course, they had to have the gratuitous, okay, so if we've got furries, we have to have a a cat girl doing all sexy pose because, you know, and beating people up because that's how that stuff is. Yes, yes, that's that's a requirement. That's just a requirement in this type of thing. So, uh it's coming out on September 7th. Uh, if you're a big side scrolling shooter or it's not shooter but a side scrolling game person, maybe, who knows? I don't know. It just cracked me up that it's called Fist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, the power armor has a giant fist. Okay. It's fine. But uh there's a uh, Sifu Fight Club uh, has been delayed to 2022. It, was, it was supposed to come out later this year. It's a, a martial arts brawler, but it had the basics from what I've read are that you're a martial arts student who is going after revenge, but it has like an aging mechanic where your character like, like years pass and your character gets older. Oh, okay. But what I really liked was during the trailer itself, They'd show, you know, like your character fighting and stuff. And then it, and then it'd show like your age. And then it showed the age and it would scroll up and you're, you know, older. And it just kept doing that. And it kept showing your, your character getting older and older and older as you fight through stuff. And then when it ended, it flashed up the title of the, of the game and the release of, you know, whatever 2021. And then it scrolled up exactly like they did the age thing and said mm-hmm. 2022. So they just kind of comboed, they segued the whole theme through That's it. That's pretty clever. It, it was really clever. I thought it worked really well. I was actually kind of it's like, you know that, I, I can handle that. That That's a neat way to do it. Uh, Jet the Far Shore. This game looks beautiful. Mm. It is an exploration uh, game that has some combat, but it's not combat centric. It's literally about exploration. And it's not about like, you know, explore, find resources, exploit resources. It looks like it's pretty much just about exploring and investigating a planet. And you fly around in this little jet pod thing. Hmm. Okay. And it's got a very, very artsy uh, art style. I thought it looked pretty cool. And the last thing I've got is the game that nobody knew we needed. 
Death Stranding. Director's cut. I never knew we needed the first Death Stranding. I didn't know we needed a director's cut. It's it's a Kojima thing. I thought it was pretty much... The whole point was just... apparently he was held back. (laughs) Apparently somebody held Kojima back from his Kojima Studios release of his Kojima game. Kojima fights against himself. (laughs) So, yeah. He held himself back. He felt bad. They added new enemies, new missions, new weapons. They did a whole bunch of other improvements and changes and... I don't know. It, I didn't realize we needed this. I never played Death Stranding. I never got in, that interested in, the, in it in the first place. Yeah. So, but that is the whole new thing. Completely expanded, remastered for PS5. Sweet. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it's like the Snyder Cut. of. Yeah, that's Snyder. probably what. It's Snyder Cut. It's the Snyder Cut. We need to release the Snyder Cut of everything. Yes. It's all precious. <laughs> so, all righty. Uh, that's all I've got in video games today. There are links to the trailers for this from the Sony State of Play uh, that I included. So you should be able to track those down. Uh, and that's what we got. All right. Well, if people want to track us down, they can email us at collectedgamerspodcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash collectedgamerspodcast. We're on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Will there be yet another pinball release? Maybe Surely there'll not. be two more. <gasps> Three more. All the same layout. Oh, that'd be amazing. Beautiful. More beautiful. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. <laughs>